Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we're starting today a series that I'm calling, we'll call it Soul Care. And uh, I've done, I've taught something very similar to this and called it Soul Care on a Wednesday evening. We did it over uh, quite a few weeks. Uh, but I uh, have been kind of studying and condensing some of that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to work on our soul, right? And we're going to explain that in a minute. So we have, today is Reveal, Release, and Recognize. Next week is going to be get off of the crazy train, and then the week after that is one of the major uh, 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 prescriptions for bitterness and, and all the negative things that your soul can bring into your life is forgiveness. If you can take a dose of forgiveness, man, you'll be healed, I'm telling you. So we're going to do that, and that's the, that's the day the forgiveness uh, message is going to be on the day of uh, the picnic, and those, that's the day that you guys will be inviting people and all that. So for those of you watching, I want to let you know, uh, this is, in case you didn't know, this is the Brazilian flag, and um, uh, we were praying for Brazil earlier today, and we're going to continue to pray for them uh, as they have two candidates right now uh, running for presidency, and I won't go into all the details. You can look that up on your own, but one of them is actually doing black magic and voodoo ceremonies and things like that. Uh, sacrifices out uh, in public, uh, uh, you know, having a, a, a spiritual, uh, uh, you know, awakening in the in the in the negative sense, and they're trying to to win the election that way, which is awesome. It's awesome. When she said, "Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers," and the... we win. Come on. We may, we may not be able to go out there and, and, you know, and fight or beat them down or you know, physically do, but in the spirit, come on, we are more than conquerors. The power of resurrection lives inside of me. Come on. To me, if it's a spiritual battle, pray. Pray and pray not for the victory, but from the victory. That's a different prayer. That's a prayer of faith. So that's why this is here, and that's why we're, we're praying for Brazil uh, just a little good news. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but it, it appears that it is going to happen. Uh, how many of you have been keeping up with the elections in Italy? Know anything about Italy, right? So in Italy, uh, there's a woman, I don't know her name, and she's running for presidency. And she ran on the platform of being a Christian, a, a mother, a wife, uh, uh, you know, uh, a two-gender person, uh, um, what else? Uh, against abortion. So she came out right at the beginning and said, listen, I cannot run on anything else. And as a politician, I can't say that, uh, uh, you know, that I'm not these things. So if I'm these things, and this is who I'm going to be as the, the, they don't call him the president, the, the prime minister, prime ministers, is that what they call him? The, 
They call them something else. Anyway, uh, the, the, the one who oversees the country, I'm going to, and if I don't win because of that, then that's fine. But I can't be someone else. Well, she's in the end here. She's in the running against another person who is an atheist and wants to take God out of schools and the hospitals and everything else. So there's a battle going on in the world, people, in case you didn't know. Uh, again, we win, <laughs> right? So uh, she won already? Awesome. I, I, was, I was only reading it a few weeks ago. That's great. That's awesome. That's good news. Thank you for that. Yep, thank you for that. So we tend to not look at what's happening in the rest of the world, and sometimes people remind me of stuff, and you know, we get stuck in our own little bubble, but there's, there's people that God loves everywhere in the world, yeah. right? He's a God of the world. So today is reveal, release, and recognize. So uh, I, I just want to give you a foundation. These will be our scriptures throughout this series, but uh, we, have, we are a threefold nature. We're made in, in three images, right? Three together in one. For God said, we have made man in our image, right? So God is Trinity, right? He is Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if he made us, in his, then he made us a three-part person, a three-part man, which is spirit, soul, and body. So the spirit is the eternal part of man that connects with God. God is spirit, so we connect with God through our spirit. I like to call it God consciousness. Then our soul is our personality, our mind, our intellect, right? If somebody rubs you the wrong way because of their personality or the way that they talk, it's because of their soul, okay? If it, I, I like to say people either absolutely love me or they absolutely hate me. There's no in-between for me. So, uh, you know, because that's my personality, my soul. Don't hate me. So <laughs> that's self-consciousness. Your soul is self-consciousness. And then your body is your earth suit, right? Your temple of the Holy Spirit. You have to have a body to live on earth. Just like when they went to the moon, they had to have a, a suit that they wore because of the different atmosphere and, and the oxygen and all that. They had to wear a suit. We have to have this suit to be on earth. Once the suit is no good and we no longer have a suit, we can't stay on earth. This is the only part of us that's deteriorating. You know that, right? But the spirit has a soul and it lives in a body. I'm going to explain that further in just a moment. So we're always willing to care for our spirit. We come to church, we read our Bible, we pray, we pray in the spirit. We, you know, we, want, to, we want to build up our spirit. We're, we're okay there. Let's do that. Let's, you know, we don't have a, an issue with that. And then our bodies. You know, we like to go to the gym and take care of our bodies and eat right food and, and diet correctly and, you know, and all that. We want to take care of our bodies. But we don't, we don't give enough attention to our soul. And it is a major part of who we are and how we interact with God. We interact with God through our spirit, but our soul affects that because it's our mind. Come on. How many of you know this is where the enemy is? This is the enemy's playground right here. It's our mind, our, our intellect. It's great to know a lot of things, but sometimes we know too much. All right? And it gets in the way of our faith. So we have to work on our soul. Third John uh, Chapter 1, verse 2. I just want to give you a heads up on this. Uh, there was two churches uh, that John uh, was writing to at this time. One was non-hospitable and, and tyrannical, which means there, was, there were tyrants. They told people, the church told people how to live and what to do, and, and they were non-hospitable. If you didn't live this way, you can go to a church down the street. They were like that. And then there was the other side, which was uh, the churches that were planted. Uh, 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 I, don't, I don't remember the, the tyrannical 
uh, 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 pastor or preacher at the time's name, but Gaius, Gaius, G-A-I-U-S, is the one that was running the other churches, and they were very hospitable. They welcomed everybody in. They loved on people. They, they were like the church is supposed to be. So he's writing this, and he's, and he's trying to encourage them because something is happening that's affecting not only their spirit's realm and their body, but their soul. Third John Chapter 1, verse 2, in the New King James Version, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper, be pushed forward in all things, and be in health, that's your body, just as your soul prospers, as your soul is pushed forward, as your soul becomes more and more out of the way. Right? We want to be pushed forward in our finances. That's prosperity. We want to be pushed forward in our bodies. That's health and healing, right? But our soul, we want to kind of push that out of the way. That's like the, the, you know, the, 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 the one that you don't want around, you know, the one that annoys you, your soul. The one that you go, I can't believe I said that. Where people come in there, I'm so offended by what you said and did. Not my motive, not my intention, but my soul, <laughs> right? I need to get control over those things. Third John chapter 1, verse 2 in the New International Version says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health. That's good, right? And that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. We want our soul to get along well. How many of you know that our soul has been in attack? It was an attack before COVID, but during COVID, what was the enemy after? We, we have an astronomical amount of people, just in, not just in the U.S., but in the U.S. alone, taking antidepressants right now and anti-anxiety medicines. And let me tell you my take on that. Can I tell you my take on that? And then we'll move on. It's okay for a moment. You want to get your head straight and something's going to help you do that? For a moment. That's just enough time for me to get right. Because this is not going to control my life. Right? But what happens is people get on that and then they go on and on and on. That's why I want to deal with the soul. Because the soul is where that depression sets in, where that anxiety sets in. And what happens? We look at our circumstances in the natural instead of in the spiritual because the spirit sees what God sees. And what God sees is prosperity. What God sees is a good relationship. What God sees is you doing well. As your body is well, so your, your soul shall prosper also. That's what God sees. But soul is psyche. It's the word psyche. Does that sound familiar? It's the seat of all the feelings, desires, affections, and aversions. The seat, the place where all your feelings come from, all your desires come from. I don't even know we got good and bad desires, right? All your affections come from, and all your aversions come from. Your affections is, is those things that we call love, that are not agape love, right? You know, there's different words for love. One of them is the word eoro, which comes from erotic, the word erotic. Can you imagine where that love comes from? It's a self-satisfying kind of love, right? It's what have you done for me lately? How are you making me feel? But God's love is not like that. God's love is your good at my expense. It's completely different. So God wants us to have a healthy soul. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Look at this. Keep your, what does it say? Heart. 
Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So what is this heart? We're talking about spirit, soul, and body. Well, the heart is uh, the word leb, L-E-B, very simple. It's the inner man, the mind, the will, the heart, the soul, understanding mind and knowledge, thinking, reflection, memory. It's a mixture, right? As I said before, the spirit has a soul of your spirit and your soul, man. It is the seat of your appetites, good and bad, as a seat of emotions and passions, <coughs> excuse me, and a seat of courage, right? It's your heart. That's why it says evil and good both come out of the same place, out of the heart. Well, when the Bible says heart, it's the center of man. It's your inner being, and it includes the soul and the spirit. And you think, well, how can the spirit give evil? It doesn't. What else is in there? Your soul, right? And your soul has its own desires and its own things that it wants to do and its own way of understanding the world and its own way of connecting with other people. We need to be able to, to change that. We need to be able to train our soul, right, to be under subjection to our spirit. Come on. If your spirit's in charge, you are not going to miss it. Somebody came and asked me a very strong question the other day about something, and, and I wanted to answer them and give them the logical, natural answer. And I said, what has the spirit said about it? And they went, what? And I said, have you prayed about what you know, what you want God to tell, you know, what God wants you to do with that? And I had an answer. I could have given him an answer. I try to always have an answer. Sometimes the answer is no, or I don't know. That's an answer, right? But I told him, I said, pray about it, and, they, and you will find the answer. Why? Because your spirit leads. Yes. You want your spirit leading, not your soul. <laughs> you don't want your emotions leading you around. Do whatever it is that you feel, however you feel. Follow that. Woo, you are in trouble. Our world is in trouble right now because of we following how we feel. You know where feeling comes from, temptation? And there's nothing wrong with having that separate you from What's wrong is doing something with that temptation that ends up a sin, which enough of that separates you from God, which causes spiritual death. <clears throat> that worked out great. My throat, spiritual death. <laughs> right? So let's look at a story that very much uh, most of us are very familiar with. In John 4, 4 through 19, the woman at the well, it says in verse 4, now, uh, he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. I wonder what he's being led by. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, uh, near the plot of ground where Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired he was uh, from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about noontime. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, this is very uncommon. It's in the middle of the day. It's hot. Women don't draw water in the morning, right? When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? She's right. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. A Samaritan's a half-breed, mixed. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Yes. 
For a moment, it almost sounds like he's pointing at himself, but then towards the end, he fixes it and says, no, we're pointing towards my father. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. There's a message, right? Just in that verse alone, there's a message, but we're going to continue. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than your father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered. See, she's going by what's in her mind, isn't she? She remembers who made the well, who drank from it, right? And she's giving him all kinds of accolades. 14, but whoever drinks the water I give them, I will, uh, them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will come, become in them a spring of water and welling up to eternal life. 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't be thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Did she get it? No. She's thinking of natural thirst, right? Um, give me this water, right? So I don't have to keep coming here. 16, he told her, listen, go. Here it is. Go. Call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. Now, we don't... We, 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 we assume a lot of things there. We don't know if she had five husbands and they died. We don't know if she had five husbands and they divorced and she cheated on them or they cheated on her. We don't know what happened there. We don't know. Okay? So I know that we, we've said many things from the pulpit about this verse, but we really don't know. It doesn't say, but it does say this. <clears throat> you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. And we know how it continues. She goes into Sikar, tells him, I met the prophet. I know the guy. He brings, and she comes and she evangelizes the whole city, right? This Samaritan woman. But a Samaritan is a half-breed, mixed Jew, idol worshiper, child sacrifices, sexually promiscuous people. So that's why we assume a little bit on the Samaritan side that she was, you know, she had these five husbands, and now the one that she's with, which is not her husband, and to say that she's with him means that she's sleeping with him, right? So the 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 uh, so the Jews uh, avoided this uh, these Samaritan people. So for him to be there and asking her for water was a big deal. So when Jesus offers her this living water, he already knew that she had had five husbands. Listen. She had gone to the well of a relationship over and over again, coming up empty and thirsty every single time. She had drawn her water with the expectation of fulfilling the desire of her soul instead of her spirit this is where they were not they were not connecting jesus is telling her listen i'm going to give you living water spiritual because your body natural needs water you go three days without water right you die 40 days without food some of us can go a few more but 40 days without food three to five minutes without air right your body requires these things so when he tells her about this living water, he's not telling her, look, this water you're going to have to come and get every day. 
You're going to have to because you have to take care of your body. But I have a water that will satisfy. It's spiritual. And it will satisfy you that you will no longer be in search of what can fill the void in your heart. See, the spirit is perfect. The soul is lacking. It needs to be satisfied. She had been looking for a man to fulfill this thirst that only Jesus could quench. See, our, our soul has desires and appetites that can only be fulfilled through Christ. But we try relationships, we try drinking, we try drugs, we try self-care. How many of you, I like self-care. I just know it doesn't do very good for my soul. I mean, yeah, it feels great. I, I have two people that I know that are Christians that, you know, I've known for a very, very long time that I allow them to give me a massage. I don't like anybody touching me. My wife is the one who touches me, right? I don't need anybody else. I don't, I don't, there's a spiritual thing there when, when people touch you in the natural, in case you didn't know. But uh, I like self-care. I like going away and sitting in the mountains, right, and praying and seeking God. And that's more spiritual. But sitting there, uh, there's a place in, in South Carolina. It's a plantation, and they have the man had put in a, he married a Japanese woman, traveled back to the U.S. back in the, in the early, in the 1800s or whatever, built this plantation, and then she wanted bamboo because she remembers the bamboo from her her home back back in, in Asia somewhere. And so he planted bamboo and now they have a forest of bamboo. And they have these little walkways that you go through and you sit. And if you've ever sat in the middle of a forest of a bamboo, the sound is, man, talk about self-care or soul care. You sit there and you can hear the wind blow and then they go, and the bamboos hit each other and you just, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but that's, that's me, <laughs> right? It helps me. And I, so soul care is great. Self-care is good. But without Christ, it only lasts for a moment. Yeah. The minute I leave that bamboo forest, I no longer feel that way because yeah. it was just for that moment. So what does soul care look like? You ever seen, uh, it's not on there anymore, but on Netflix it was called Tidying Up with Mary Kondo. Nobody knows that. Yeah. Touch this, and if it brings you joy, right? I don't, I don't have a Japanese accent. If it brings you joy, right? I don't know how she says it, right? So as a Japanese woman, she helps people get rid of stuff. This is not like, like hoarders or anything like that, right? She gets rid of stuff. So does this item spark joy? And, and she's a little strange because she, she's constantly doing this. She's, touch, she's always touching everything. I'm like, this woman is, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> You do that? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to call you strange. <laughs> but she does. She goes around and she touches everything. And Does it spark joy? Do you see yourself using this in the future? She asks these questions. Right? So soul care requires you to clean out the closet of your soul. How many of you know you have a closet in your soul? You need to get rid of the things that contaminate your soul and will seep into your spirit. Come on, life will cause you to pick up things that you keep for no apparent reason. Some people keep t-shirts, rock concert t-shirts. I don't have any, but I've been to all of them. I was a wrong concert freak before Jesus. 
T-shirts, or they, they, they keep things from their college days or their, their uh, high school days, right? You keep things to watch your sports team play, and you don't wash it because it's, you, know, you, you believe in some kind of superstitious stuff, right? And then, but what do we do? Then we also keep our hurts, our traumas, our pains. You may still be carrying around that hurt from your friend that betrayed you, that boyfriend that cheated on you, that one that was your friend and stabbed you in the back. A family member that was supposed to be good to you and was bad to you. Someone who was supposed to protect you and instead they betrayed you. Maybe you picked up habits or sins that you've been struggling with since you were a kid. You brought them into your Christian walk and they're ingrained in your soul. Maybe sins committed against you or sins that you committed have blemished your soul in such a way that it opened the door to pornography, to bitterness, to anger, same-sex attraction. You know, we used to not say that. But you know that that's been around forever? This is not new. This is not a new uh, phase or a craze or whatever you want to call it that's happening in our world. This has been around forever. The Bible talks about it. It's been around at least that long, right? Why do these things happen? Because we leave doors open uh, from, right? Our soul closet is so full, we can't even close the doors anymore. So what's the first step to soul care? We're going to go through these real quick. Number one is reveal. Proverbs 28, 23, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The one who conceals their sins do not, does not move forward. <clears throat> you want to stay where you're at? Keep your sin. Keep the, their struggles, keep it in the darkness, keep it there. You know what's going to happen? That sin and that struggle is going to get bigger. Fungus and mold yes. grows yes. in dark, wet, nasty places. Light kills fungus, mold, and allergens. You can, you can include a light in your, in your air conditioner. It's a special light that kills everything as the air goes through there. And you won't have mold and you won't have fungus in your home because of this light. Come on, that's in the natural. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other uh -oh, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, we've taken, <clears throat> excuse me, we've taken this confession, just we've made it our own and we've created these little boxes that we sit in and we, can, we have to go and confess and then we have to do a penitence for our own confession. Come on, I was raised like that. But there's a truth there. Was it changed and twisted by man's soul and mind, and right? But there's a spiritual truth there. Now, do you stand in front of everybody and confess your sin to the... That's not what it says. You find a, 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 a few conf confidants you find a few people that you could sit what is you, that you could ask for prayer for that you can say look i'm struggling with this and you reveal what does that sound like sounds like life group to me where you can gather and say look i'm struggling with it and nobody judges you that's something about new life you will not be judged here Right? This is not a place of judgment, but of restoration. A place where you can find forgiveness. Do we want you to get out of the lifestyle you're in? Yes. Do we want you to stop doing the things that are separating you from God? Absolutely. Yes. 
Does God expect these things from you? Yes, he does. But Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it through the giving of his own life. For those who do not believe are condemned already. All you got to do is believe and your life will begin to change. You'll begin to want to make changes in your life. Reveal. You'll find that confession is not just a cure, but it's contagious. It helps others feel like, man, I've struggled with that too, and I didn't realize you were struggling with that. You know how many times I've sat in a group of people and said, man, you know, I'm struggling with this, and said, wow, you struggle? I've struggled with that. Especially men, right? We like to hide stuff. But the minute one person in the group says something, they're like, right? Me too. Release. Reveal. Release. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self. It's talking about your soul, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. What deceitful desires are part of your soul? To be made new in the attitude of your what? Mind. Still talking about your soul. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, you cannot put on the new while still keeping on the old. Right? You cannot, uh, uh, you know, when I was in homeless ministry, they would come in. We had a, a little, like a thrift shop, but everything was free. So they would come in in the back and we had work, you know, if you could prove that you were working, we gave them red wing work boots. If you guys know anything about, these are very expensive boots. Well, red wing, and, and, and I had called them and I said, what do you guys, do you know if you buy a red wing boot and it doesn't fit or you don't like it a month later, you bring it back, they give you almost the entire, they, they take a little bit off, but you can get another pair. And then they had boxes of these. Bare, some were used and some were barely. You could bring back an old beat up one and they give you a discount on your next one. Not much, but they give you one. So they had boxes of these. And they were, they were just sending them back to, to Red Wing. And I said, listen, call corporate and ask them if you could donate it and you could use it as a tax write-off. The manager called me back 10 minutes later. I called and they said, absolutely. We began collecting these in Daytona Beach, at, 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 right next to the, the, the Speedway there. We would collect from Red Wing's store. We would collect these boxes and give them these boots. So they would come into the thrift store to get clothing and all that. But the only requirement that they had before coming in, they didn't have to pay for anything, they had to take a shower and throw away their old clothes, <laughs> right? If you've ever been around a homeless person that's been out there for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. There's a certain fragrance that comes with that. And, uh, uh, you know, the other day uh, I was somewhere and, and I got somebody a meal and, and I, I smelled it. And, you know, fragrances and stuff bring back memories. And I remembered those times of Spencer. Spencer worked with me there for three years. Uh, those smells kind of bring back things. But we would require them to shower. I forgot that Spencer was here, right? We would require them to shower. Say, listen, you cannot put a new shirt in, on top. Or they would take off their old shoes and their socks would be all gross and nasty. And it's like they want to put on a new shoe. On I said, no, no. Get rid of those socks. I'll give you some socks. Go take a shower. We had showers with soap and shampoo and all that stuff. We would give them showers, and we'd say, you know, because we don't want them putting on the... And that's what we do. And what happens is, on the outside, we're all brand new. We're all Christ-like. We've got a big Bible, tie on. We're all, you know, we all got the look, right? And we strut around. But if you get close enough, somebody that knows that fragrance from your past, 
because they had it also? I'll go, I don't think, I think you got something's dead in your pocket, right? I don't think you did everything you were supposed to. I don't know. Something, you look good, but you don't smell so good. We got to get rid of the old before we put on the new. And our soul is where we carry these things. It's like a luggage, right? Like a, a maleta, a, a, a mala. It's like a luggage that you, you put these things in and you carry, or a big old backpack, and you carry it around into your Christian walk. For years, you carry it and carry it, and you're wondering why you're not able to move forward because you're not releasing, you're not dealing with these things. You're not letting things go. We're going to deal with that in, in, in the next couple of weeks. So you cannot put on the new while wearing the old. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hebrews 12.15, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and no bitter root, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See, a root grows beneath the surface, but it affects what's above the surface. Right? This root will create anger and will impact every relationship you have in the future. So what do you do with your past? you got to put the axe to the root, as the word says. Remove those roots of bitterness. Remove those roots of unforgiveness. We're going to do that over the next few weeks. So how do you know if you have this root of bitterness or this root of unforgiveness? Is there anyone among you that part of you hopes they fail or suffer? Or you rejoice when something doesn't go so well in their life? Don't answer. Is there anyone whose name brings anger or bitterness to your mind? A certain song? A certain food? Someone you'd avoid in public? Because of what happened between you and you don't want to see them or talk to them? Since we're revealing and releasing, I've done that. Not to anyone in this room. Or anyone watching. But I've done that. I've done that. I've seen them in a place and I was like, man, I don't want to deal with this right now. And man, was I convicted. I don't do it anymore. I, I chase them down. So if I see you somewhere and you don't see me, I'll come get you. <laughs> Colossians. And if you're avoiding me, <laughs> I'll know. Colossians, <laughs> Colossians 3.13. What's funny is when they're at the, at the cashier at Publix and I'm coming in and they got a six-pack or they got a bottle of wine and they're freaking out. I don't care. Come on. Yeah, give me a break. You should know that by now. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We're going to deal with that in two weeks. So forgiving is releasing justice to God. Trust the outcome in God's hands. Vengeance is the Lord's, not yours. Forgiving is not forgetting, because if you could forget, you wouldn't have to forgive. Yep. So that, that saying just goes right out the window. Forgive, forget, forgive and forget. If I could forget, I wouldn't have to forgive. <laughs> right? So we'll cover biblical forgiveness. And it's not excusing what's been done to you either. No. You'll learn all that in, in just two weeks. So recognize the last one. Our past can be a platform for God's power. 
there's a, in Isaiah 58, I didn't, I didn't put it down here, but you can read it on your own somewhere in the middle of that chapter. It talks about fasting, but then it says that God will rebuild with the rubble of old. The things that, were, that become piles of rubber, rubble in your life, the destruction that you may have left just yesterday through divorce, through all the kids are in children's years, through molestation, <coughs> rubble. Why can't I have a good relationship? Rubble. It's just there. But God takes that and he rebuilds. And it's no longer rubble, but it becomes a strength in your life. Not a wall, (laughs) but a strength in your life. Recognize. Mark 5, 18 and 19, it says, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to to go with him. Jesus did not let him. But he said, listen, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Yes, I want to stay with Jesus. He delivered me. But Jesus says, no, man, go. Go. When they see you, and you were the demon-possessed guy from before, when they see you different, they're going to want to know what happened to you. Go. We want, we want people to recognize that God is working something out in our lives. Yes. But it requires something of us. Recognize. We have to recognize that God is doing something before somebody else does. You cannot do anything so bad or so offensive that God cannot come in and heal you, restore you, and use you again. Your life can be a platform to share the gospel through his power. Some of the most powerful preachers and some of the people that I've seen get more people saved have the worst past that you could ever imagine. Let me clear that up. It's not because of their bad past that makes them a good preacher. It's because they allowed God to come in. And then you got people like Billy Graham. Lived his whole life in the kingdom. Never did anything. But then you have his his son. Frank Graham, who left the kingdom and came back. That's his testimony to tell, not mine. But look at what he's doing now. He has a past. He has something that he had to release and, and, and uh, reveal, release, and recognize. <clears throat> because he recognized it, he was able to be used by God. Know that you can be used by God again. So let's ask the question uh, from tidying up with Mary Kondo. <laughs> right? Let's ask the question. Is something that uh, 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 you're carrying around, right? Does this bring you joy? Joy is part of your soul. Does this part of your life really make you a better person or a worse person? Let's get rid of it. And we want to do that right now. Is, Is Ricky still here? Let's go ahead and dim the lights. Everybody, let's stand to your feet this morning. I, I want to pray with you, and I want to give an opportunity uh, for, for us, for the pastors and elders to lay hands on you and pray for you as we continue through this message. But it, 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 would, be, it would be terrible if, you le- terrible if you left here and said, that was great, and, you did, and we didn't do anything about it. Right? Let's allow God. It's time. Come on, let's allow God. Today, when my, when my wife said today, today, she was reading from that scripture and said today, I just, something inside of me just leaped. Like today is the day of deliverance. Yes. Today is the day that the chains are broken. Today is the today. Not tomorrow, not a week from now. Today, right now. 
right now. Can you believe for that? Can you have faith that God is going to do something in your life right now? This moment, because we're about to release and allow him to minister minister to us. You think God doesn't know? You think that keeping something in the dark keeps God from seeing it? See, God sees it, and he still loves you. Come on up here, Ricky. God sees it, and he still loves you. Listen, God sees it, and he still loves you as much as he did if he didn't see it. But if you hold on to it, God's not punishing you for what you're doing. That seed of bitterness, that thing that you have in your soul that you're allowing to sit there and rot and cause you to be bitter and angry and hurt, that's what's hurting you. It's not God. God's not punishing you. He's asking you to release this thing that you would be delivered from it, whatever it is. And listen, quit searching. Oh, I'm not having a good day. I'm going to go, you know, drink a couple bottles. Oh, I'm not having a good day. I'm going to I'm going to take an extra couple pills today because I, you know, I, normally I just take one, but I'm going to take three today because I'm having a tough day. Oh, this person, you know, and and you know, and what what do we do? We find excuses. And what happens? We get released for a moment. And when that moment's over, things are worse than they were. How many of you, listen, I was born and raised, I was a drug addict. And you take drugs to, to, to get out of the things that you're going through in your mind and in your life and all, right? To really, you do that. And then when you come out of it, what happens? Things are worse. That's why they call some things gateway drugs. Because you do something and it's not enough. Then you do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And what does the enemy do? He attacks your soul through that drug and he steals and destroys and kills using these addictions and these things he destroys us maybe it's not a drug maybe it's just things that you do when nobody's watching you look for a release that's not a spiritual release you look for a way to forget the one that hurt you you look for whatever it is maybe you come to church and you're looking for God to do something but you're keeping it you put it in your pocket put it in your your suitcase and you seal it up and you lock it and you tell God well if you're going to do it then you got to take it from me no God says I'll take it give it to me God is saying this morning to you give it to me you think you could surprise God with your issues (laughs) I like to say Jesus sorry Jesus lived on this earth for 33 years, experienced every temptation that we have ever experienced, never sinned, yet died on the cross for something he did not do. Talk about being bitter. Jesus could be sitting up in heaven right now going, I can't believe I I died for these people. Look at them. They still got to turn in there. I can't. Nah. He could be up there complaining and moaning and nagging and because of of the way that we behave in our own life when he gave us the freedoms to be able to be delivered from these things. He paid the ultimate price and yet we're carrying stuff around. That would frustrate me. But you know, he's not frustrated up there. He's not. He's interceding for us. Right now, as I'm saying these words, 
Jesus is going before the Father saying, Lord, let your Holy Spirit come down on these people that are hearing these words and allow them to receive what I paid the price for. He's yearning and, and fervently praying before the Father for you right now, this moment. Pastors and elders, please make your way up front. We want to pray for you. And we don't have anything that you don't... Listen, I, I, I'm standing behind Pastor Carly, so I'll say it along with him, and hopefully he's not going to be mad at me, but, right? I'm going to hang on to him. I'll hang on to him. There's very few, if any of you, in here that if we put together the things that we've done in our life, you wouldn't even come close to our darkness. And that's not us bragging. We're not pleased. That's the least of that. I'm telling you that God shined his light into our life. <laughs> we needed him just like you need him now. We're not anything special. He is. So God's using us now because we recognize. Remember? He uses the platform of recognition. He recognized. We recognize what he did for us. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website, orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church, you will never be the same.